In the holy name of Jesus, amen. This weekend's texts are not that inspiring. They're not things to look at and say, wow, what an amazing pick-me-up. What a thing to really get me charged. What a way for me to get out into the world and live my life as a Christian. All you've heard about today is death. People dying or people on the brink of death. And you'll notice today in our gospel reading that Jesus stops everything that he has done to go address death face to face. This is incredibly important for us today because no matter what we face in this life, no matter whether you are in the church or outside of the church, everybody is scared of death. Everybody is fearful of death. Even the people who sit there and say, no, I'm good, I'm fine with death, let it come on. Deep down inside, they are fearful of it. And you and I are as well. We have experienced the pain and sharpness of death in our own lives and in our own families. Week in and week out throughout the years and the months and the weeks that we see, death is all around us. How lovely the trees are looking out today with all of the yellows, oranges, and reds. But what causes that? The death of the leaves. That cottage cheese, that brick of butter, that steak you bought six weeks ago and forgot about in your refrigerator, everything that has an expiration date in your pantry and in your kitchen reminds you that this world is dying. Those prescriptions that you have in your medicine cabinet, those doctor's visits that are on your calendar, those plans that you're making with the local funeral home in the cemetery are all a reminder that we are headed to the grave. Unless miraculously somehow Jesus rises from the dead or comes back and rises all the dead and brings us who are alive with him. Great pastor, what a motivation. Way to get out there and talk about death. Way to inspire us to keep on living in this life. But this is the cold, hard realities that we are facing today. All have sinned and deserve nothing but God's wrath and condemnation. All of you, me as well, all of us deserve nothing but death because of the way that we have treated one another and we have acted out toward God. All of us even here in the church, the way that we have talked about and spoken about and acted towards others, people that we love, people that we disagree with, all of us are deserving to go out to the cemetery right here and right now. Gee, I'm glad he didn't say that when the newspaper reporter was here two weeks ago, you might say. But it's the truth. And for us today, it is a wake-up call. It is a wake-up call, as Isaiah said, I, I am he who comforts you. Who are you that you are afraid of man who dies, of the son of man who is made like grass, and have forgotten the Lord your maker who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth, and you fear continually all the day because of the wrath of the oppressor who sets himself to destroy. 
I have put my words in your mouth and have covered you in the shadow of my hand, establishing the heavens and laying the foundations of the earth and saying to Zion, saying to you, you are my people. You are the ones who have received the inheritance as the saints in light. So yes, the grave stands wide open looking at us. But you'll notice in all of these passages today, especially even with our epistle, it's not that God will do this for us in the future. It is that he has done this now. So that you would be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. Not that you might be qualified, but that you are qualified now to be, the, to be in the share with the saints in light, who has delivered you. Not that he might deliver you, he has delivered you now from the domain of darkness and transferred to us. Not might transfer, he has transferred to us the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom you have the redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I don't know about you, but I love this stuff because this gets to the very heart of the matter of us. There is a time to be born and a time to die. And the world all around us is paranoid about that word, that word death, but we have the victory over sin, death, and the devil through Jesus Christ our Lord. Today you don't hear about him being some sort of moral example that we have to somehow model our life after. Today we hear about him who has come and shattered the powers of darkness, of sin, and of death by his own death and by his glorious resurrection. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. It's two Sundays in a row now, right? Christ is risen, and because he is risen, you too shall rise again. You no longer live, but it is Christ who lives in you. So that as we face death, as we face all of the fears in this life, he may calm our troubled hearts. He may look at you and me and say, take heart, my son, take heart, my daughter. Your faith has made you well. You haven't just touched the hem of Jesus' garment. He has placed onto you the robe of his righteousness that covers all of your sins. In your baptism, he declared you to be his own beloved child. So that as you were buried with him by baptism into death, you too might walk in the newness of life. Life in Christ, life with his glorious name placed upon you, life as a child marked with the cross on your forehead and upon your heart. Though we face suffering, death, and fear in this life, nonetheless, Jesus Christ has come. He has come and he has destroyed the power of death. Even though we talk about this today freely, happily, and openly, there will be those who laugh at us, who laugh at us with great scorn. That's what they did with Jesus, silly, foolish Jesus. Doesn't he know that that girl is stone-cold dead? 
hearing the forgiveness of sins. Silly little Jesus, doesn't he know what I've done? Doesn't he know how dead I really am in my works? But all of our being dead in our trespasses and sins is nothing for Jesus. Or better yet, it is everything for Jesus. He wants you to cast all of your cares, all of your fears, all of your doubts, all of your sins, your shame and guilt onto him so that he may take it to the cross and put it to death. So that he may take us from the outer of darkness and the weeping of gnashing of teeth and bring us into the kingdom of his light, his life, in his salvation. The tomb is empty Jesus is risen from the dead. He is the firstborn from the dead, and he is riding on your tombstone. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Because of Jesus' death, death has lost its sting. Imagine that for a moment. Imagine coming across a copperhead snake in your backyard who's toothless as the day is long, no teeth. Imagine going into a burning building where the fire is not hot. Imagine being dropped off in the middle of the lion exhibit over at the Little Rock Zoo to find that the lions are sleeping and want to have their belly scratched. Imagine a gun with no bullets, a sword with no blade, a virus with no morbidity rates. What is there to be afraid of? St. Paul preaches, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. If Christ is risen from the dead and become the firstborn of the fruits, so too shall we. The ancient church actually had a name for all of the passages of how God would speak of death in our lives. I'm not going to give you the Latin title because I'll butcher it. But they would simply talk about there being the sweet names of death in the Bible. I want you to take these to heart as you hear them. The sweet names of death that scripture talks to us about. To be departed and be with Christ. Philippians 1.23 I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. The departure found in peace. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. That we are taken from evil. The righteous man perishes and no one lays it to heart. Devout men are taken away while no one understands. For the righteous man is taken away from all calamity and evil, passing from death to life. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He has not come in the judgment, but has passed from death to life. 
The sweet words that to die is gain. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. These, dear friends in Christ, are the names which the scriptures give to our death. There is no sting or sharpness in these words. In fact, in many ways, the sweetest words that we can hear about death is simply what Jesus said today. She is not dead. She is asleep. She looks at Jairus' daughter, and instantly he says to her to rise. He took her by the hand, and she rose. And as you and I are laid into the ground, whether it be today, next year, or ten years from now, you can be assured that Christ Jesus, your Lord and victor over sin, death, and the devil, calls your death nothing more than sleep. You can't stave it off. You can't ignore it. But in many ways, you can look at the grave as nothing more than your bed. Your bed where Christ will call you by name, take you by hand on the last day, and say to you, come, arise, and live. Receive the kingdom of heaven as an inheritor of the saints in light, which has been prepared for you since the foundation of the world. All because Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ is coming again. Have no fear, little flock, for yours is the kingdom of God. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.